I'm Andy Psarianos. Hello, I'm Emily Gilmarrett. Hi, I'm Adam Gifford. This is the School of School podcast. Hey teachers, tired of juggling multiple spreadsheets to complete your assessments? Insights can help. Insights is the new online tool from Maths No Problem. Insights gives you instant analysis and detailed achievement reports right after marking. Visit mathsnoproblem.com forward slash insights. All right, everyone, thanks for joining us for, uh, for another episode. Uh, today we're talking about the value of developing empathy skills and emotional intelligence in children. And not just me and Adam, but we also have Justin Bullard with us. So Justin, come on, quick quick word. Say hi, first of all. Hi. <laughs> hi, guys. Hi. Uh, yeah, Justin Bullard, uh, uh, founder and CEO of Empath Productions. And you know, our mission is to create empathy through through entertainment. So why entertainment? What does entertainment have to do with emotional intelligence in children? How how do you how do you develop empathy and emotional intelligence in children with entertainment? Well, you know, I think uh, entertainment um, is is so incredibly powerful. You know, I think that you know, especially when it comes to kids, um, the best way to reach them is to have fun. You know, and to not just put lessons in front of them and make them learn, but you want to give them, uh, you want to give them activities and outlets that are are uh, entertaining first. You know, I think you know, for me especially, I I I, I use as a touchstone um, uh, Jim Henson's Sesame Street. You know, uh, the the monsters of Sesame Street, like that, was an amazing show, packed full of. Uh, uh, educational content, learning to read, learning to count, you know, all those, all those sort of basic things. But it was, you know, first and foremost, a fun show, a funny show. And, and that stuff really, really sticks, you know. Um, I think especially in, in, in sort of today's world, you know, kids are just bombarded constantly by endless entertainment. Like, my gosh, you know, I can't, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a, you know, an eight-year-old with Netflix. <laughs> you know, I got to watch you know, a few hours of, of uh, Saturday morning cartoons, and that was pretty much it. There was literally nothing else. And, and so I think it's, it's um, so important to create entertainment for kids that has positive lessons, that has, uh, uh, you know, and, and not just passive entertainment, but interactive entertainment. You know, I think the, the, the way I, I see kids uh, uh, really sticking with something and getting more out of it then they do just sort of, you know, constantly brainlessly watching something is to have some interaction to it. So uh, interactive storytelling, games, um, you know, that that's uh, interactive toys, you know, like that's the that's the way to sort of uh, keep them engaged in something and give them these important emotional intelligence lessons through the entertainment side of it. Adam, what's your take on all this? I was just going to say, I've seen I've seen I've seen you work and I've seen the Alpha Squad. They're, they're cool. They're cool. Yeah. I'd love. I, I don't think we've got time now, but to sort of run through the names of them. But we're not. I'll, I'll leave that. I'll do my research. I'll get online. But it, I was interested when you're talking about Sesame Street, which I grew up with, loved to bits, and never thought at any point that the the characters themselves, because of that they weren't human, uh, gave more scope to I don't know understanding of 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 people who are different. Uh, who may think differently and those sorts of things. Is that was that a really important thing? When you were deciding, you're you're the founder, you're the CEO. When you were deciding on who the characters were, you could have made them human, right? 
but you chose not to. Sure, that, yeah. that wouldn't just be a nod to Jim Henson, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, you know... Did I, I say John or Jim then? Uh, Jim. I, I hope I said Jim. Yeah, yeah good, Jim. good. Yeah, yeah, sorry, carry on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I've said it before, Jim Henson is, is sort of my hero. You know, he's, he's my idol. Uh, but, you know, when... when um, I was setting out to to, to develop uh, to, to develop something. I, you know, I was sitting there and I was thinking like, okay, what do I, you know, one, who do I want to make it for? And that was, you know, my kids, and that's that alpha generation kids, you know, the 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 the, the modern kids, just sort of twenty ten and 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 on, that are in this world that's unlike anything we've ever seen before. You know, like constant social media and and internet and and um, you know uh, uh, all of that sort of modern world stuff. And then I thought, like, okay, well, you know, what are my biggest inspirations? And I thought, oh, you know, the the Sesame Street monsters. Like, that's you know, first, that's the the, the top of the thing. Sesame Street. Growing up, Sesame Street really meant a lot to me. You know, we moved around a lot, and I, I sort of was was, you know, uh, never in one place for very long. And Sesame Street was one of those things. It was always there for me, you know, and it was like one of these constants in, in my life. And and. Uh, I thought, well, the monsters. Yeah, I can't do do monsters. And then it sort of hit me like a, a bolt of lightning. It's like aliens. You know, one, I'm from Roswell, New Mexico, and you know, so the aliens have been. It's in your blood. It's in my blood. <laughs> literally. And then, yeah, literally. you know, I realized that uh, you know, aliens have that um, that potential to sort of embody any number of things, right? Like, you know, much in the same way that uh, you know, Oscar the Grouch, uh, you know, is about you know, being grumpy and wanting to be left alone and, you know, sort of that, like, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the grumpy guy with the heart of gold aliens can, can embody that, that sort of same sort of thing. And, you know, we have a, we have a bunch of characters that, you know, one, you know, our sort of main, main cast, uh, Captain Pie, she's the, the, the leader of the, of the squad. And she's about, um, uh, she's about uh, compassionate empathy, you know, the, the understanding what people are feeling and trying to do something about it. Um, her foil is this character named Omega, and he's a cognitive empathy. You know, he understands things but doesn't feel it and uses it to manipulate. And then we have other characters that um, embody things like uh, uh, dealing with ADHD. You know, I, I, I actually uh, personally have suffered from ADHD, you know, and it took me a long time to realize what that was and, and why. And the interesting thing was, is, you know, I think if I had had um, a monster on Sesame Street that had that sort of baked in there, maybe I would have realized before that I was sort of dealing with that. And, you know, I think that there's there's just so much awesome potential to have characters that embody any number of things in an inspirational, inclusive and, and you know, fun and respectful way. So, man, it's, I, 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 I just love it. I suppose at the end of the day, you want those values installed in, in, in your kids primarily. In the first instance, I guess they're quality control, right? They probably get to see everything before anyone else and give you the, the good, honest truth about honesty. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a very good trait. But also, I suppose it's, it's a way of, of developing those values in others that, that maybe don't have as many examples available to them and that perhaps aren't as accessible as, as well, Sesame Street was in our day. Um, and, and I guess that's something that, that you want to put in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my kids are my number one audience, you know, it's, it's like everything when, you know, when I had kids, that is the number one focus. You know, I think my, my main goal in life is to, you know, it, it's, it's, I, I've said it before. I think it's, it, it's, uh, you know, if, I, if you're on your deathbed 
and your kids are there and they say, oh, you know, dad, you were an amazing dad. You know, you did such a great job. Then you essentially won. You know, you did, you did it. You know, you won at life, you know. And so it's really them first and foremost, you know. And, um, you know, on a, on, a, on a larger scale, I think that there is so much potential and so much room to tackle some of these modern day challenges, you know, and I think kids are ready for this sort of thing. They, they, you know, um, you know, we, we have a character that, that is, uh, kind of represents being on the, on the autistic spectrum, you know, and I think having a representative character that is, that is, uh, you know, sort of managing that and is sort of about that one, it, it gives, you know, every kid that watches it a kind of a frame of reference and a little bit of empathy and understanding towards what it would be like to, uh, to, 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 to be dealing with that. And two, it gives kids that are actually dealing with that, uh, like a, um, you know, a, a, a something inspirational and they can see themselves reflected. And I, I think that that's like, it's just, it's just super, super important. You know, let's talk a little bit about emotional intelligence. When we're talking about emotional intelligence to children, what, what are we really talking about? Like, how's that different than emotional intelligence in adults? It's. I don't think it's. It is all that different, you know. I think it's. 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 These are the sort of like the the base. The base things are are, you know, kind of always the same. You know, I think that the, you know, whether you're a, a you know a, a kid sort of uh, understanding, you know, why you're feeling something. You know, I think empathy towards oneself is 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 absolutely crucial. Why are you feeling something? Um, why is someone else feeling something? What are they feeling? Um, can you do something about it? Should you do something about it? How can you help? You know, it's the, the, those those skills are are uh, just as valuable for a kid on the playground or a adult in the in the boardroom. So, Adam, as a, you know, as an observer in a in a uh, laboratory called the school. Right, you've had all these. You've had all these. This wide range of of uh, children, parents, teachers that you've had to you've had to um, negotiate with, uh, and obviously emotional intelligence is something that plays a, a huge role in all those relationships. Um, what 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 would you say? Is is some or some of the key things, and and I guess really, I guess what, in essence, what I think I'd like to ask is, how much self awareness about your own emotional intelligence is important? Like, obviously, everyone has a certain level of emotional intelligence, a certain level of empathy, whether they are aware of it or not. How important is it that you're aware of things like empathy and your own emotional skills when it comes to developing those relationships? Oh, it's, a, it's, it's absolutely huge, Andy. There, there was a part of the job as a head teacher that was, but by light years, the, the most difficult part of the job, and it, it involved child protection. So the most vulnerable children in our society and dealing with that. Now, some of those situations that you hear, and you're making some pretty heavy judgments, right? Like you're, you're judging whether or not, in some cases, whether a parent's fit. Should should they should the children along with other people, but but you know those decisions are you you they weigh very heavily as they should do. Now some of those situations I can't I can't empathise with 
because I've been fortunate, I grew up in a loving household and, and you know, largely grew up with my mum and she was wonderful and all of those sorts of things. So you, you try to you, you try to, 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 to empathise, but I think that you've also got to accept your limitations and try to use best judgment. That, that, that's, that's quite an extreme sort of, um, that's quite an extreme situation. But I think that the reality is, is that we can probably have a bit of an idea about most people's situations. But there's some situations that we can't and we don't know how that's going to, to affect other relationships. So if it's children, uh, I had one, one boy in my class and they were fleeing from Afghanistan. This is years and years and years ago. Um, his father was in the government and they basically had a price on their head and they had, they had, to, get, they had to get out. Now, when he talked about the situation over there and what they went through to get out, I mean, that's like heavy beyond belief, right? So so I didn't know how it was going to be socially. I didn't know how those things were going to happen. But I suppose what, what it comes down to is I think what, what, what we have to accept is in the first instance, I can't empathize with everyone because I've not lived their lives. I've not walked in their shoes. And, and it's, it's ridiculous to think that I'd ever be able to fully empathize with everyone. But I think that what we can do is is sort of identify those basic needs that people need. They need love, you know, like right at the top. They need to be loved and cared for and trusted and all those sorts of things. And I think that if we can keep that at the forefront, that while whilst we may not be able to empathise with other people, I think understanding those basic needs and trying to protect them and also trying to get a bit of a handle on when you have a deficit of one of those, what does it look like? So if a child's been in a, in a household where there's not a lot of love, you know, what does that look like and how can we manage that in the classroom to try to manage that and, and to, you know, let them feel loved in a classroom and, and, and those sorts of things. So I think that that, I think being aware of limitations and not, and not trying to think, oh, well, I know what it's like, you know, I, th- I think that's probably the biggest thing. I grew up largely with, with just my mum. So single mum. So so, but that doesn't mean that I've had the experience of every child growing up the single mum. That doesn't, you know, that that's that's just not the case. So yeah, I think those are the biggies. And just at the core of it, yeah, understand those basic, simple needs of the human condition to to make people happy. Guys, I'm sorry to be a real bummer here, but we're kind of running out of time because. Um Justin's got a real job running a real company, so he needs to go off and have some real meetings, not just have a chat <laughs> with me and Adam. Listen, Justin, th- thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, you know, it's given us a lot to think about the importance of empathy, the importance of emotional intelligence. And um, thank you all for joining us as well. Thank you for joining us on the School of School podcast. 